Greetings and peace in the name of Jesus, who is the light of the world. I like to share these jokes sometimes about Lutherans. Sometimes it can be profound what Lutherans are like. How many Lutherans does it take to change the light bulb? Eight? Seven to change? And one to talk about how much they like the old light bulb better. And somebody once said, you can always tell a Lutheran, the only thing is, you can't tell them much. Okay, never mind. I'll stop, all right? Talk about something that's profound. Can you recall a time in your life when you had a very profound discussion? Maybe somebody sat down with you earlier in your years. Maybe if you're younger, someone sat down with you and gave you some life wisdom that affected the course of your life. Now, my previous church in Illinois, sometimes members said they had a come-to-Jesus meeting with their child. Do you know what I'm talking about? Ever hear about that, a come-to-Jesus meeting? You know what I mean? See some people shaking their heads. Maybe something profound, maybe someone sat down to you and said, this is how it's going to be. Maybe uncomfortable at the time, but it changed the course of your life. Or maybe you write a book. Have you read a book which is life-changing to you? So I'd like to share a book that was life-changing to me. Nine years ago, I read the book Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. <clears throat> so whenever I marry a couple, uh, that's required reading. Uh, go online, buy one used. They have to read Total Money Makeover. Why? Because it changed my life. It changed how I looked at money, managed money, saved money, spent money. I was talking to a seminary professor a bit ago, and I asked him, you know, I think it would be really wise if all our seminarians would read that book, and I wish somebody would have put that book in my hand 20 years ago, because my financial well-being, what I think, teach about money be very different, total money makeover. So if you buy a book, mention my name, I get 10%. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, that's a good book to, uh, that's a good book to read. It's life-changing. Muse Family Vacations, over the years, we went to all sorts of places. We went out to Seattle for my our nephew's wedding, we go to Florida, we went to Washington, D.C. But every vacation is more than um, just Disney World and amusement parks and water parks. I've taken my kids to 20 different state capitals, just not the state capital, but the building. Well, it's free, but more importantly, they get to see some very profound things, some wonderful architecture, the history of each unique place. I always try that whenever we go on vacation, we stop at some historical site that's much more than a water park or a bunch of roller coasters, some place where they have to think and reflect. That was just my wife and I philosophy. Something that's profound, something that they might recall. Now, have you seen the movie Shawshank Redemption? Uh, when it came out to theater, is is no big blockbuster, but really uh, became quite popular on TV. Matter of fact, it's on TV probably a couple times each month. Shawshank Redemption is a story about Andy Dufresne, who is framed for murder, but he's rather innocent, he gets sent to prison, even though he's innocent. Now, the, the film is actually, the movie's actually filmed in Ohio, in Maslin, Ohio, or Mansfield, Maslin area. You visit the bench where they talk, the tree, that was part of the movie, got hit by lightning. I've never been to the prison, either as a prisoner or a visitor, but that's open for visits too, okay? But, but in the movie Shawshank Redemption, the warden makes sure that every single prisoner receives a King James Bible. And Andy receives his Bible, and he's innocent. And so he buys a little rock hammer, and he hides that rock hammer in a place nobody, can, nobody will ever look. Can you guess where he hid it? You see the picture up there. Where did he hide it? Inside the Bible. No one's going to look there. 
Now, Andy knows the scripture. He, he quotes scripture back and forth to the warden. But Andy knew he'd take that little rock hammer that's one day he's going to dig his way to freedom. He's going to hide that hammer in a place nobody will look. Where? In the Bible. And that sounds far-fetched to us. So this past week, I did some digging in statistics. This is from Statista. Facts about Americans and their Bibles from 2018 to 2020, so it's rather new. Here we go. 30% of all Americans never read the Bible. There's a lot of people who tell us about the Bible. A lot of people will speak Bible verses to us, but 30% of Americans never read the Bible. 9% of Americans read it what? Once a week. 9% of Americans read it what? Once a month. The numbers don't get any better. 3% of Americans read it three to four times a week. And 11% of Americans read it what? Daily. We sort of understand Andy's wisdom of hiding the rock hammer in the Bible. Finally, the majority of Americans who read the Bible, they're over the age of 70. So Bible reading isn't high on the list, even though like 70% of all Americans claim to be what? Christians. They're not reading it. They're not into that. There are ways, friends in Christ, which God speaks his word to us. The first way God speaks his word to us is what's happening now. Someone speaks God's word to you. Maybe someone spoke God's word to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his what? That's a spoken word. Maybe someone quoted scripture to you. Whenever someone speaks God's word, God is still speaking. There's a spoken word. We hear it all the time. The other way in which the word is spoken is through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the living word of God. Follow along in the beginning. God the Father created the heavens and the earth and the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is hovering over the water. And God said that's Jesus Christ spoke. Right off the bat, Genesis 1, 1 and 2, we hear the Trinity. Jesus Christ himself is the living word of God. Whenever Jesus is around The Word of God is there. He is called the Word of God. He speaks the Word of God. His life is a living example of the Word of God. Also, involve yourself in baptism and the Lord's Supper. So in about 15 minutes, we will partake in the Lord's Supper. And what do you hear? Given for who? You. Take and eat. This is the body of... You hear the Word of God. You involve yourself. Or if you remember your baptism. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you're involving yourself in God's Word. And finally, how else? Read the written word. Read it yourself. Somebody said, Pastor Muse, I wish God would speak to me. He does. Read the Bible. No, I want God to speak to me out loud. Read the Bible out loud. God will speak to you in his word. He speaks to us through his spoken word, through Jesus Christ, in baptism of the Lord's Supper, and we read the Bible ourselves. How do we view our interactions with people? Because we're all going to interact with people today. Maybe some people at church, maybe we're going out for dinner later, maybe we're going to go shopping. Who knows, maybe we're going to take a walk and run into someone. Now, I'm sort of a fan of Jordan Peterson. Uh, He's a Canadian psychiatrist, and he has some really deep thoughts that align with Christianity. And Jordan Peterson, in his book, 12 Rules for Life, he speaks about listening. This is what he says. Assume the person you're listening to might know something what? You don't. But that person is a trash collector. Well, they still might know something you don't. But that person like works at Wendy's. They still might what? Know something you and I don't. Well, that person, you know, I'm above them in the work ladder at work. Well, they still might know something that you don't. Assume the person you're talking to might know something that you and I might not know, and we can learn and grow from them. 
That's a position of humility. That's how you look at life. The person I'm talking to, no matter who they are, might know something that I might not know, and I might be edified. You might be edified. And so we come to the familiar story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. So Jesus travels around. No offense, men and women prepare Jesus and his disciples' food. And Martha invites Jesus to his home to feed him. Jesus walks around. He ministers. Someone feeds him. However, I don't want to talk about Martha. I want to talk about Mary because there's a picture of Mary. And what is Mary doing? Well, here. Read it. Mary sat at Jesus' feet listening to what he said. Now, there's a couple type of listening. One type of listening is, yeah, yeah, I'm hearing you. Hopefully, you'll get done soon, okay? <laughs> this is sort of getting old. Another sort of listening is, well, maybe if you draw me in closer, I might buy into it more. Or another type of listening is, I'm going to hang on every word that you say. So let's take a look at Mary again. Let's flip back. I think she's hanging on every single word Jesus is saying. It's not sort of an in-your-face lecture, but sort of an engaging just look at her innocent eyes. Look at Jesus who teaches her something to learn. And so, Martha started giving him a hard time. Mary, you know, you're sitting on your duff and I'm doing all the work and all this food around for Jesus, you know. I'm frying the brats and I'm getting everything around for Jesus and getting his iced tea around and you're just sitting there. And so read Jesus' response to her. But one Read it with me. One thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary sat and listened to Jesus' spoken word. Friends in Christ, is that our attitude when we come to God's house? To sit and to listen to God's word, whether it's spoken there, it's preached here, it's sung in our hymns, or it's spoken in our liturgy. Did I come to learn something new? Or am I simply checking off boxes for an hour? Is my life going to be changed and edified? I'm going to hear something that I didn't hear before. It will not be taken away from her. Martin Luther says this, The Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. Well, Martin Luther should know. He knows the whole Bible. He translated the Hebrew Old Testament and the Greek New Testament into high German, every single word. He translated it into high German, into the class of nobility. And what did Martin Luther say? The Bible runs after me. It's hands lays hold of me. You know, I think of the Bible verse, speak the truth in love. It lays hold of me. Do I speak the truth in love when I speak? As hands it grabs hold of me. Or you know the Bible verse, love your neighbor as what? Does that lay hold of you when you go to Walmart? Does that lay hold of you when there's an elderly person in line in front of you who may be a little bit slower? Does that Bible verse grab you and run after you when you feel like saying something that probably isn't the nicest thing to say? Martin Luther says the Bible lays hold of me. These verses, they, they run after me. Or maybe we all know, for God so loved the world that he what? May you always hold that, friends in Christ. Always hold on to that. For we are saved by grace through faith. That's what Martin Luther means by that. The Bible has hands on me. It runs after me, lays hold of me. <clears throat> of the word that we might read, mark, learn, and what? 
inwardly digest it. A couple years ago, Ted Korber came here and he was talking about growing churches and mature Christians. And he says, there's this one facet for Christians who mature that I take a simple Bible verse and I read it and read it and read it and read it over again until I comprehend it, until I understand it. That's inwardly digesting it and a person matures from that. Much like when you're at work or if you're learning a new skill or hobby or doing something recreational, you learn it. You learn that one facet, you learn it. Take a Bible verse, read it over and over and over again until I fully understand that. Inwardly digest it. Can you read this with me? Man. Jesus spoke that to Lucifer when he was tempted. Lucifer said, if you truly are the Son of God, change these stones into bread. And Jesus said, man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by the word of God. We eat them, we take them in. Read this. Teach me your way, O Lord. There's something I still can learn. Everyone I encounter, I can learn from, as Jordan Peterson says, teach me. The parable of the sower, you know. The word of God is cast. Some falls on hard ground. Some falls on shallow soil. Some falls among weeds. There's all sorts of distractions and reasons that people have that they can't read the Bible or come to Bible study. They're as old as Jesus' day. He's heard all those excuses. You know what an excuse is? An excuse is a polite lie. (laughs) Might as well just say I'm not interested. Excuses are a polite lie. Samuel Clemens said that people who are good at making excuses usually aren't good at anything else. Let me say it again. People who are good at making excuses usually aren't good at anything else. All sorts of reasons. But yet, the word is still cast. We pray it falls on your dark soil. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. Dave Ramsey's word about the Bible became that for me. Lord willing for you too, speak the truth in love. Love your neighbor as yourself, for God so loved the world. His word will make us wise for what? No one else will, but his word will. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, and that believing, by believing you may have life in his name. John 20, verse 31. Thy word, read this with me, John 6, 33, please. My word is a spirit and of life. Well, what does that mean? I, had, I went to a doxology conference, and the best thing I heard I'll share with you. You ever been in a hospital and a loved one's having serious surgery? Now, sometimes they hand you these little beepers, little circular things like you get Applebee's, and they hand it to the family, and when surgery's over, it'll go off. You go to the consultation room. There's two doors to the consultation room. One lets the family in, a big table of family sits around it, and the other door, who comes in? The surgeon. You've been there? Can you relate to that? Open heart, serious cancer surgery. And you go in that consultation room. I've been in it many times with families. And the tension's thick. It's so thick you can cut it with a knife. Then the doctor comes in and the doctor speaks. And what the doctor says is life-changing. Maybe many times the doctor said this. The surgeon said this. The surgery went as well as possible. We're expecting a full recovery. You may see your loved one in an hour as they start coming out of their anesthesia. And you can feel the tension what? Leave. Friends in Christ, that's not information, that's proclamation. When Jesus says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that's proclamation to you. When Jesus says, speak the truth in love, that hits our heart and soul and our minds. My word is spirit and of life. 
So I like to go back to Sistissa and the Shawshank Redemption. Now, now in, in the movie Shawshank Redemption, remember where he hid the, hid the hammer where? In the Bible? And if you look, he hid it, he hid it at the first page of Exodus. Did you notice that? Get it? Exodus? His goal? Okay. Then the other thing is the warden wrote down on the Bible, the cover of the Bible, salvation lies within. When Andy escaped, he said, you're correct, salvation lies within. His salvation, freedom for prison, and our salvation, eternal life. Figuratively, literally, and spiritually. And ready for this? 56% of all Americans are interested in what? The majority of Americans still want to know about the Bible. They're fascinating. I know it sounds odd, but the, fact, but the story of Lucifer tempting Adam and Eve is fascinating. The story of Jonah and Whale is fascinating. The story of Jesus who comes out of the grave is fascinating. There's things Jesus says that even atheists would find engaging. 56% of all Americans still say they want to hear the Bible. We can speak that to them. Martin Luther says this, the Bible is the source book. The living water from where God speaks through men through the word. God speaks to us. It's a source book. It's living water. It's life-giving. It's his word, his life, his salvation. May the word of God take center stage in our lives and homes, in our church, in our school and preschool. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? Speak, O Lord, your servant listens. Let your word to me come near. Newborn life and spirit give me. Let each promise still my fear. Death's dread power, its inward strife, or is against your word of life. Fill me with love's strong fervor that I cling to you forever. And here in God's word, all God's people say...